Hey folks, and welcome to this episode of Reviewed. My name is Sean, and today I'm going to be doing a very special uh, top, my top 10 favorite uh, films and TV seasons of 2020. Um, this is a, this is what I kind of recommend were the best of the best for 2020. Now, unfortunately, not a whole lot came out, so this is going to be um, what I saw in theaters as well as what came out in streaming services. I'm going to be doing four TV seasons as well as six movies. I'm going to give you my top, I'm not going to like uh, number them, but I am going to give you my favorite TV season and my favorite movie of 2020. So uh, if you haven't watched any of these, um, I definitely recommend them and uh, you should definitely go check them out. Um, also, uh, I will not be doing a top anticipated films of 2021 because with COVID going on, who knows what's gonna gonna be coming out? I mean, uh, the latest James Bond film was supposed to come out in April of 2020. It is now postponed till October 2021, and that might be postponed till 2022. So who knows? Um, so just know there's gonna be a lot of good films that are supposed to be coming out in 2021. I hope they come out, um, but who knows? So let's get down to it. So we're gonna do the my top uh, TV seasons for 2020. Um, one of them is going to be The Long Way Up. Now, this is uh, Ewan McGregor and his buddy who uh, travel all over the world on their motorcycles and do great trips. And so this is the third in the se uh, a series uh, that started in 2004 and continued in 2007. And finally, after uh, 13 years later, we got another one in 2020. Um, so this one, it's a documentary of them riding their motorcycles from the very tip bottom tip of south america all the way to los angeles on electric motorcycles which makes it really interesting um what i really enjoyed about this show was just um how well it was shot uh the route they took um the innovative nature of doing this on electric bikes and uh, as well as taking electric support vehicles um and additionally the main part i really enjoyed was just seeing different cultures and people along the way and just it's stuff you, i don't think you would see in a normal geographical documentary show so very well done um it was a great conclusion to this trilogy of series so uh i would always want another one but i understand if there isn't one it's it's i think it's great as a trilogy um another one was queen's gambit now this is a mini series on original mini series on netflix and it's a about a chess um prodigy that struggles with alcohol and drug abuse in the 60s and um, just kind of tr trying to cope with her success as well as, you know, her uh, her popularity as one of the best chess players in the world. Um, and so I thought it was just a really good story. It had really good acting. Um, the cinematography was great. The set design and costume design was great. Uh, it was one. It, it was one of the series or seasons, I guess series, because it's a mini series, um, that surprised me. I didn't think going into it, I was kind of hesitant. And then after the first episode, I really just started getting into it and ended up binging the whole uh, series in a week. It's or not in a week, in a weekend. Um, it's only seven seasons, so uh, it's definitely worth your watch. Um, it definitely um, took the world by storm. Chess is up, you know, in popularity by like 250 percent, I think. So. Um, it's definitely worth watching. It was definitely um, a big one in 2020, and it's currently on Netflix. Uh, next up is The Boys Season 2. Um, I loved The Boys Season 1. I thought it was a great uh, start season, freshman season, and they honestly, I think they did a better job with Season 2. Cause season 1 was great, but Season 2 was just a hair better. I mean, it was, it was insane. It was funny. It was just action-packed you just didn't know what was coming and it just it hit you all in the face at once and so it was just it's it's such a good show so well written 
Um, so well acted. Uh, Carl Urban leads, you know, this gang of kind of mercenaries that are trying to take down um, government-sponsored superheroes. And so just the parallels in season two to modern-day society was just hysterical. I mean, it's a, it's not only a comedy and superhero show, but it's a hard-R satire. And season two just knocked it out of the park. Um, like I said, why season one was great, season two just did it so much better. and Not so much better, but it did it just better than season one and it was a great sophomore season so um very good you know on the boys for doing that i'm really excited for season three and where it's going to go since uh this one didn't really end with a cliffhanger so i think it's going to be a fresh start for season three so i'm ready for it and then finally my top tv season of 2020 most will probably guess is mandalorian season two just like the boys, um, Mandalorian had a great season one, but it followed up with an amazing season two. Um, we had the introduction of new characters, new stories, um, but also a overlining plot element to the story of season two. Um, additionally, we got to see you know um, fan favorites in the Star Wars universe, but we also had this great uh, father-son dynamic and character development that I think we've been missing from Star Wars for quite a while. So um, bravo on Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni and for just making Mandalorian Season 2 epic in, in that sense. Um, I'm kind of scared for Season 3 because, like the boys, Season 2 season two of Mandalorian kind of ended without a cliffhanger. You know, It's, it's going to be a fresh new story in a way, um, and I, I don't know what direction it's going to take, and I, you know, I just hope it it doesn't let us down you know that's that's always a scary thing when you have a great first season even even better second season sometimes the third season doesn't do as well so i'm you know i'm hopeful but i'm also i'm i'm hesitant but i'm i'm ready for it so now let's get down to my six top films of 2020 now these aren't in any particular order except i will save the best for last so we're gonna start with the trial of the chicago seven this is on netflix and uh, it's based off a true story that occurred back in, I believe, the 60s and 70s of a group of um, activists that were uh, jailed and sent on trial for um, committing uh, a constitutional crime of inciting violence and protesting. And um, it was a great, it's a great film because as a lawyer, um, there was a lot of trial aspects that I just loved about this film. And there were so many times where I was, you know, watching this film and I wanted to object on so many grounds. But of course, this is a film and no one's listening. That's what happens when you're a lawyer watching these legal films. Um, but uh, I, I understand the frustrations of both sides in the film, the defense and the state. Um, it's just with this judge that they had, it's just, it was crazy, but I thought it was very well acted. Um, the story was compelling. It, you know, it went somewhere. Uh, it was a piece of history that sadly I was not fully aware of. And I felt like I learned something with this film. So I thought it was one of the best films of 2020. Um, I would not be surprised if it gets some Oscar nominations. Uh, next up we have Invisible Man. Now this came out just before the pandemic hit, like just at the cusp of the pandemic. Uh, and I got to see this. This was actually one of the last films I got to see in theaters before pandemic. Uh, and I went and saw it with a friend. I wasn't really wanting to see it and planning on seeing it this year, but uh, they bought me a ticket, so I said, yeah, why not? So I went and saw it, and surprisingly, this ended up being one of my favorite films of the year. Um, it was a new, fresh take on the uh, universal horror picture of Invisible Man. Um, had a great twist to it, a uh, great story, because it wasn't, you know, it's a horror film, but it's not. It's more of a psychological thriller. 
And what Blumhouse did with this film was, you know, it turned something that was, you know, we've seen all the Invisible Man incarnations and before, but this one I think was a great fresh um, take on it. And I was very impressed. And at the end of it, I was like recommending this film to many people just because I was like, it's a great psychological thriller. Um, there was one scene in the film that uh, did something with horror that you just. I mean, I didn't do a review on this film. I probably should have, but I, I at this point I didn't have my podcast. But I'll, I'll explain the scene where the scene is literally the main character. She leaves the room, but the camera stays in the room, focused on nothing. But what you know, the director and I guess the screenwriter did with this camera work is they make you think the invisible man is sitting there, just st you're staring at like an empty chair, and you're just like, is he there? And it's the it's the scariest thing because nothing happens. And that, I just thought, was such a unique thing to do in a film. I've never seen that done before. It probably has been done, but I haven't seen it. So, bravo to them. Um, my next film is going to be Tenet. Now, um, this was actually the last film I did see in theaters. Um, this was uh, of this of 2020. It was during the pandemic. I was one of the few that went to the movie theater and saw this. Um, I had to see it in theaters. I love Christopher Nolan. Um it was a very confusing film, but, uh, and I know a lot of people think, you know, it wasn't good because it was confusing, but I think we just still haven't, have yet to crack what it means. Um, I have been meaning to watch it again and, uh, try to break it down in my head, but, um, the story was good. Um, the execution was good, but also it was still confusing. Um, and I know, I know there's a, there's a way to solve it. I just got to figure it out. But that's not why it was my, you know, one of my favorite films. But it was one of my favorite films because of just the uh, action in it, the scale of the film, how well it was shot, the cinematography, the way they shot this film. Because it was the film is, you know, half of it's inverted in a way. You know, it's shot backwards. So the way they did that, it just I thought it was such a great uh, technique of filmmaking, and um, that's why it was pretty much one of my favorite films of the year. So. Uh, next up, we have Another Round. Now, I did do a review on this film. Um, it's a foreign film from uh, the Nor Norwegian area, and, or Norway, I guess. And um, it was a very good story. stars Mad Mickelson um, about him and his buddies who are in their middle ages and feel like their life has kind of stalled. And so they decide to uh, drink alcohol every day and maintain a blood alcohol content of 0.05 and see how their life improves and so it's like an experimental you know they're doing this experiment in their lives and you know it has good consequences and bad consequences and i thought it was just a very well-made film very well written um very well acted mad mickelson's i think is just one of the biggest powerhouses not in hollywood but just in you know in general cinema um and I love seeing everything that he's in. And so this is why it was one of my favorite films. And I don't watch too many foreign films. And so I'm very happy that I can add this one to my list. Um, now it is, of course, it is in uh, Nor or Norwegian. So you're going to have to listen. You know, you're going to have to put on the subtitles or if there is a dub version. I don't think there is a dub version. Um, just watch the, or just have the subtitles on. You'll be fine. Um, but that's what. But it was one of my favorite films, and I'm glad I saw it before the year's end. Um, next up is going to be Sound of Metal. Now this is a Amazon. Oh, and sorry, forget. Uh, another round is currently on Amazon Prime, but you do have to rent it. You'll have to buy it to rent it. Um, it's only a couple bucks though. So now we have Sound of Metal. Uh, Sound of Metal um, is currently on Amazon Prime. It's a Prime original, so if you have Prime, you can watch it there. It stars uh, uh, Riz Ahmed, and it's. The story was so just 
unique and interesting and original, I feel like. I mean, it, it deals with a, a drummer of a hard rock band who suddenly gets, you know, just deaf. He just develops deafness, like, almost overnight. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's starting to come up in like, the last couple of days, and then suddenly it's just, it, his hearing is gone, and his way of coping with that, um, learning sign language, and the fact that a lot of these actors in this film were deaf, and most of the film is actually in sign language. I mean, of course you have subtitles, but it's in sign language, and I thought that was just amazing. Um, the last film that I've seen do that, do that was A Quiet Place, um, but this film, I think, utilized it even more. Um, and so the story, though, was so good. I mean, you saw the development of the main character and his struggles with losing his hearing suddenly and then, you know, having to learn a new way to talk and to communicate and just the stress of that. And then also seeing the um, hard of hearing and deaf community uh, interact. And um, I, there's just things about the community I did not know and how they treated um, being deaf and how they treated uh, cochlear implants and hard of hearing and just I it was a great film where I learned a lot but also just enjoyed watching because it was just a great drama film and honestly Riz Ahmed I mean his performance was great I would not be surprised to see a Oscar nomination in the future or just any kind of uh, probably not an Oscar nomination I mean it's possible but I'm, I'm talking I should say a general um, award nomination I would not be surprised so finally drum roll please my my favorite film of the year of 2020 is The Gentleman. Now, uh, I do have this review up. This is one of the first films I reviewed on this podcast. And it stars Matthew McConaughey, Hugh Grant, Charlie Hunnam, directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, it's a return to Guy Ritchie's uh, comedy gangster, British gangster um, genre, such as Snatch and The Lock, Stock, and Two Barrels. And I just, I love this film. Um, and finally, I can say, I actually saw this film um, before most of the world because I was able to get into an early screening back in October of 2019. I had to sign a non-disclosure saying I couldn't talk about the film until it was, like, released. Um, and so that's, fortunately, I did. Um, or, I, you know, I kept to the non-disclosure and so when it was when it was starting to come out, I knew I already knew it was great, and so I recommended it to everybody, just saying, "Hey, you just need, you need to go see this film." I can't tell you why, but just go see this film. And finally, when it did come out, I went and saw it again, and I uh, had a lot of my friends and my parents watch it, and they all loved it. Um, so uh, I'm counting this as a film of 2020 because it came out officially in 2020, despite me seeing it in 2019. Um, but it was, it was funny. It was smart. Um, it's the kind of comedy I enjoy. It's that dark, uh, humor, um, that tongue in cheek humor, that sarcastic wit. And it's a Guy Ritchie film and I love Guy Ritchie. I, lo I love most of his films and he does such a good job with the writing. I mean, the, the, his, his art is the storytelling and the writing in this film. I mean, <laughs> there's just so many Guy Ritchie-isms that come out of this film. Um, and the acting was great. Just the overall story was fun. Um, it was such a good, you know, breath of fresh air to see him return to his roots after Aladdin and a couple other films. Because uh, this, is, this is where he really succeeds is the British gangster dark comedy area um and so it was it's it is my favorite film of 2020 i recommend it to everybody um and now it isn't for everybody but i still recommend it for everybody because it's such a good film fortunately it came out before the pandemic and it actually it did well at the global box office i think it made three times its budget so it it definitely did well at the box office um and so i hope that will 
spawn more Guy Ritchie films uh, in the near future uh, that aren't, you know, huge commercial aspects such as Aladdin, but um, more of his his style. And so uh, The Gentleman is my top film of 2020. So um, with that, those are my top uh, films and TV seasons of 2020. 2020 was a very hard year on film and TV, um, but we still got some. Unfortunately, uh, we live in an era that is going to be dominated, and it's currently being dominated by streaming services. So movies are, uh, you know, if they're not in the theaters, they're still very uh, accessible to us. And so um, we are still able to watch this stuff. Uh, I'm excited for 2021, even though I'm, you know, I'm still doubting what will come out in 2021. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if you've seen any of these films, um, tell me what you think. If you haven't seen any of these films, and then see them, let me know what you think. Um, and then what were your, I would like to know what your top, um, films were. Did I miss any? Um, there, were there some that I just didn't see or that weren't on my list? I mean, I do have a couple more on my list, but, um, that are more honorable mentions, but, uh, these are the ones that I recommend, uh, to everybody. So one with that, this has been reviewed. Thank you.